on the road. One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome to the most must-hear sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard Jake Dingers, and I'm joined, as always, by Hanson McLevane. What is up, my dude? What is up? Uh, we're just watching Sunday Night Football. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, was, there was football today, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it didn't feel exciting, and I wonder if that's because there wasn't a Packer game for us. Um, but I don't know. There weren't too many... Or we're missing a game. Like, th- uh, does missing one game actually make a difference? I don't think so, because there were still eight games on the noon slot. Like yeah, that, and that's pretty... Yeah, football. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, something there's something was off today. I'm and I think I, I know what it is. I wonder if we should stagger the games more. Because ah. like I don't know how I feel about like I it's cool having all those games going on at one time cuz red zone's lit. Like red zone was like still really fun today. But like still I I feel like if you just stagger them in half hour increments, you can just run them throughout the day and then you have the break before your Sunday night game. Like they do, right? Because there's like an hour break before the Sunday night game starts. It, they could set it up the same way. But yeah, I, yes. I mean, yeah. if football is, they're weird though. So fair. I also, they've got like the eight time slots they can actually have a game because they have to be like kosher about it. So true. I also watched uh, NXT TakeOver 31 tonight and uh, that was pretty fun. It was a good show. Nothing too special. But, uh, you know, always fun to watch them wrestling. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Wednesday. It's 30. They're celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho on AEW Dynamite. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. You know, it's also Wednesday, the vice presidential debate. So yeah, I that was, it is. but that, that's going to be the debate with no arguing or at least no interrupting. So <sighs> if you're going to want, Oh, that one's going to be so cringy. I feel like he's going to be commonly yelling at Pence and Pence is just going to be dodging like answers really well because he's gotten really good at it over the last four years. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. It really is. Really. Oh boy. She's super aggressive and he's super passive. So it's going to be fun. I'm hyped. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. We are going to talk about the full slate of games today um, and kind of, well, I guess we already talked about tomorrow's game, so we probably won't touch those. But we do have to touch one of them for a certain reason because we do need to talk about I'm watching Carson Wentz try to avoid four different players right now. And he throws the ball and oh my god, he actually completed it. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna talk about this whole uh NFL and being infected. I mean, uh, a bunch of players, I think if I'm correct, eight players and six coaches from tennis from the Tennessee Titans tested positive and Cam Newton is the only Patriot, but still Cam Newton tested positive. So what happened was the Steelers and Titans game got moved to week seven and the Steelers uh, Ravens game that was supposed to be week seven got pushed to week eight and the Ravens now have a bye week seven instead of week eight. Uh, as for the Patriots and Chiefs, Cam Newton's the only one who's missing. Everyone else is clear. So instead of the game being today, they moved it to Monday night, and Cam Newton is obviously just not able or is just not able to play. So the Patriots have to move on without Cam. The game's going to be Monday night alongside the Packers and the Falcons. I was extremely scared on Saturday and Friday that we were going to lose the NFL. <laughs> Hanson, what do you think? Um, well, I text you right away because as soon as we saw that the president was in the hospital, that was I was like, dude, if the president gets worse any quicker and we start seeing like just a few more NFL players like bye bye football, like basketball's fine because they've been fine for three months now. But football gone because there's no bubble, you know, there's nothing. Well, because I mean, basketball hasn't really had any like cases in the bubble. So we don't have, we obviously don't have to worry about it. They haven't had any, they had a, a, 
a false like it was like what was it an inc- one inconclusive test the entire time exactly but meanwhile wow. basketball or uh, football and baseball who've been traveling have had several cases on cases on cases uh coming up positive and i don't know if it's just players not being sm- i well that's the thing i don't know if it's just players not being smart i don't know if it's because they're traveling um because i feel like they're obviously especially baseball got into a rhythm where nothing happened after a while, but like I, there has to be, there has to be a safe way to do this. And apparently we still haven't found that because it's still just not working. I I'm of the mindset for baseball specifically that they do uh 14 round Robin tournaments a week where each week teams move cities so they spend a week in a city with their family and they move from city to city and they rotate. So that way they can stay in a, like a mobile quarantine. They can go from <laughs> hotel to bus to hotel to like stadium. So they can just go around the whole world or the whole country that way. So football, you couldn't really do that because baseball, you play a game every day, but yeah, you, you even... still got your way ahead of me. Who the hell is that? Eagles coming back. We got ourselves a game on Sunday night here. That's exciting. Um, yeah, I just, I, I listen, I'm scared. If, if people are going to keep getting sick and if, if this continues to happen, we might need to shut it down as much as I don't want to, as much as I want there to be a football season. Um, we can't be putting people's lives at risk. And so hopefully this slows down. Hopefully this was a one-time mistake by the Titans. Thankfully the Vikings weren't uh, affected because they tested positive like Monday or Sunday, didn't they last week where like, yeah, they were worried that the Titans had spread it over to the Vikings that didn't happen. So thankfully, yeah, no, he's in for sure. Thankfully, um, it, you know, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't worse than it was. Um, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can figure it out. Like I said, we may need to shut it down. Uh, and as much as I don't want that to happen, it may, it may need to be an option if it starts to get worse. Yeah, Good on I mean, Carson Wentz putting on a mask after we, that touchdown. There's, there's creative ways that they could do a bubble, you know? And I, I just, I just thought of another one for the NFL that would actually be somewhat feasible. I mean, you talk, you look at the campuses that these get, that these practice facilities are on, they're massive. Mm. And even the ones like even the jets and the giants still have big facilities just outside of New York city. Uh, I mean, they could bring in, you know, large campers or like motor homes Mm. and these guys could just live on the property during the rest of the season with their families in these motor homes. Like, and then they could just live on property and practice and they stay there. So like there's options that they can do and they just, they, they can't do it. They, they don't want to take that extra step. So, I mean, for reasons like that, like there are options, there really truly are. So I, I just don't know if the NFL is going to be, I, it's not a political thing. I, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I don't know if they're willing to be like outside of the box thinking enough to, to move forward on that. So I, I bet they only last like three or four more weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. We're that's not really the playoffs. Yeah. Especially with the winter coming. All right. Let's talk about this full slate of games. Um, I mean, we can talk about whatever that was on Thursday night. I, someone had to win. And it was the Broncos. Oh, that TV football game that they, they put on national TV. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, the fact that Adam Gase still has a job after that game. I. Oh, but he's uh, an amazing offensive mind that. You know what? I. I almost want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but like. Why? It's hard to because Sam Donald's got a cannon. Like exactly here's quarterback. Here's the like they have a talented team. So, um, I think I was talking. Was it you? I was talking to about the Jets versus the Giants, or was that one of my other buddies today? That must have been someone else. I can't remember anymore. Uh, It was was probably somebody else. Okay, yeah. They said to me, and they said it was a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take because I actually really agree with them. They said, take away the coaching staffs and just look at the rosters. Who would you rather have, the Jets or the Giants? 
I'd much rather have the Jets right now. Right now, I'd rather have Sam Darnold than Daniel than Daniel Jones. I'd much rather have Le'Veon Bell than a hurt Saquon Barkley. Obviously, okay. Like the current rosters. Okay. And like the Giants. I'd rather have the Giants. For some reason, the Giants are seen as a team that's competing. It's young. It's got you know. It's up and coming. And then you look at the Jets, and they're just god awful. And it's it's got to be I. I think the talent is is there for the Jets. I like the players that they have. They have guys that can make plays. They have guys that have played football. Like they know, like we know that they can be good at football. It's just this coach and we've seen it. I, I, I've probably gone on about this way too much, but like Adam Gase in Miami, that Deont- uh, Devontae Parker couldn't do anything. Gasicki couldn't do anything. Uh, Kenny Drake couldn't do anything. Um, who is the quarterback there? Um I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, was Fitzpatrick there with Gase? I don't think so. Either way, I mean, he basically killed uh, Josh Rosen's career. Like, I mean, and Ryan Tannehill, that was who I was thinking of, Ryan Tannehill. There's so many different players that you can look at in Miami. Jarvis Landry. Yes? I think incorrectly on that. Anyway, I don't know. (laughs) I think so. He was in Miami, wasn't he? I... I don't know. I'll look at that. But anyway, there are so many good players in Miami that just got better because they left Gase's offense. <laughs> and I just I just don't understand how he still has a job. And that's all I really have to say about that Denver Jets game. Yeah, he, yeah, he was in Miami. Okay, that's what I thought. Anyway. I just wanted to, I, I was like, maybe. It's also, also really late. So like <laughs> it, it's very late and I'm extremely exhausted and Nick Mullins just threw the stupidest pick six I've ever seen. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh my God. They need Jimmy G back. Okay. We are going to talk about that at some point. I'm going to have to remember this because that kind of goes against our argument here, but we're still going to make the argument. Um, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about Joe Burrow's first win. Because it finally happened. Joe Burrow gets his first out of a win. It's like a storybook, didn't it? That was the most games he's ever lost in a row in his life. In his I mean, two. Like, I don't I don't think he's ever lost two in a row. But yeah, like like peewee. Mm-hmm. Like life. Like this dude doesn't lose. So like he was gonna be lose eventually. I mean, right. when you're that high of a draft pick, you don't go to a good team normally. So But I mean, and it you know and you know what? It helps when you have a teammate who has been trying to go off all season. They got paid. He got paid the money to go off all season and he just hasn't. And then it hits 151 and three, excuse me, three touchdowns for Joe Mixon. Finally, the breakout game that we were looking for, for Mixon. He is a, I I'm, I've been saying it for a while now. He is a number one back. I mean, he's been a top five back the past few seasons, as far as like in, in a bunch of different stats. So I, I'm glad that he finally got going. It's against Jacksonville, so I'm not sure how much we can look into it. But Joe Burrow still had 300 yards by himself with a touchdown and an interception. Like Joe Burrow still looked great. The kicker looked great, <laughs> thank God. And the and the defense looked solid. Like they 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 slowed down uh, this Jaguars offense, who we've seen click with Gardner Minch or with uh, DJ Chark back in the lineup. We've seen them click before, um, so it was good to see them back. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean. As far as this season goes, this doesn't mean anything because neither of these teams will be doing anything. But as far as the future goes, I think this is... It's all about losing at this point. It's like whoever loses more games gets a better pick. Well, exactly. And as far as the future goes, Joe Burrow through these first four games has looked like the future, not only of the Bengals, but maybe of the NFL. Like he looks insanely good. isn't playing consistently like he should be. And I mean, Mahomes, good God. How, well, we'll, I keep forgetting how young Mahomes is as well. Yeah. Like, um, pro tip Gardner Minshew, if you have that, uh, depending on your fantasy football setup for your, your league rules, Gardner Minshew is a top 10 fantasy quarterback, like consistently every week, numbers wise. Uh, except and, for last week when I picked him up and tried to flex him. <laughs> except for last week. But he, he, he's, he's been putting up numbers very consistently. Yeah. So just keep an eye on that if he's open for you in your league. Especially in a two quarterback league. Speaking, yeah. speaking of second quarterbacks, CJ Bethard's making a, a fucking... Appearance in Sunday Night Football. Oh boy, I can't wait to talk about this game. 
But yeah, I mean, let's that talk. That looks like what I'm going to look like in two months. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints held on against a fighting Detroit Lions, who for the third time in four weeks had a double-digit lead squandered. The Detroit Lions, I don't know what to do about them because they're a decent team, but just can't win. And there's quite a few of those teams in this league. Um, I don't know what to do about Detroit. Their defense just isn't enough. Like, it's not it's not there, you know? It's, it's something just isn't fitting right. So, and I, I think the whole – I mean, just in general, this is the highest-scoring NFL season we've had in a long time. And I don't know if that has to do I – mean, it's obviously something to do with training camp not happening in the preseason. So, it's either – the defensive didn't click enough or the offensive click offensives click surprisingly well. To me, it's, to me, it's tackling with no training camp and no preseason. You, you, like the, the contact stuff that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, I, we saw some guys make some pretty like heavy contact moves, especially on the offensive end. You know, there are some guys making some pretty big trucking moves to get a couple extra yards today. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I uh, the, the the Lions are just kind of one of those teams that are a pain in the ass. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I say it every week. They're they're always going to be that team that just sticks around. They're going to be a pain in the ass, and you're trying to win a game to win your division. And the Lions are just there and holding on to the fourth quarter, and then you have to beat them in the end and really exert all your energy. And that that's when someone gets hurt, you know. So it, it's just they're one of those teams that give you a run for your money. So. Meanwhile, the Saints to me aren't too convincing either. Like Drew Brees, oh. he's missing he's missing Michael Thomas for sure. And once he gets back, I think they'll be okay. But I don't know if they're gonna be able to yet compete with, you know, I mean, who else? I, I mean, who the hell's in the top of the division? Seattle. Um, you look at I, I guess you could say Tampa, Green Bay, you look at uh, I don't even know. This this season's so weird. Um yeah, I I just don't know about them because they should be a lot better than they are. Um, but again, I don't, the, the defense isn't clicking, but maybe that is just a, I think that, I think you're right. I think that just seems to be a league wide thing right now. Um, well, here's what I'll tell you about that Saints team. Do you want to keep Drew Brees on that roster right now? I, I think there's only one thing that can actually fix that roster and it's fountain of youth and it's for Drew Brees. And if you can't find that, cause like he looks old, and it's showing, you know, his he's like shaky, shaky as football goes. Like he, he's not his movement isn't what it used to be. He, he's I don't know. You can tell in his game, you know, it, it, it's showing. If so he's, he's try, definitely trying to take less hits, and that's very, very much more in his mind, and you can see that while he's on the field. If Drew Brees were to retire. Do you think the Saints would be could go forward with Jameis Winston, who is currently their backup? I do because I, I think we saw the numbers that Jameis Winston put up last year, and you can't teach talent like that necessarily, but I think you can teach discipline to a certain extent. And there's a really strong coaching staff in New Orleans, one of the best in the league. And if there's anybody that can Oh, to a really good quarterback and Jameis Winston still has that potential. He's young. Was he like 27 right now? Mm-hmm. So it, and he was what third in the league in yards or something stupid like that. So yeah, not, and touchdowns. He was like second in the league last year. So there's no reason why he can't be a top contending quarterback on a team that has a really solid defense built for the future still too. So I, th- that's a really good roster to be a part of if you're, if you're James Winston. And if James doesn't work, you always have Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I actually I was playing with Taysom Hill today and Madden. Dude, the beast. Even at like a 70 overall in Madden. <laughs> Put him at wide receiver and see what he can do. That's what I did on mine. He oh, is, I, I just run him with a running uh, a read option. He is fun as a receiver. I, okay. his stats aren't great, but whole but he plays very well. Um all right, Arizona Cardinals take the loss to the Carolina Panthers. This one shocked me. Both teams dropped to two and two, 31 to 21. I, again, I, it looked like defenses 
uh, figured out what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do and figured out ways to slow down Kyler Murray and Kyler, this young offense just wasn't able to respond, um, which was actually shocking for Panthers defense who we've seen struggle over the past uh, few seasons. And that's a touchdown San Francisco. Um yeah, I, w- I, I was surprised. Again, this is a young team but uh, for uh, Arizona, but I was, I was very shocked to see them lose this game. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it either. And um, I, I was expecting – Kyler Murray had a decent game, nothing really – he had three touchdowns, but the yards were something to be lacking – I mean, lacking a, a bit. Um, DeAndre Hopkins – had some nice moves. Didn't really get too many yards. I, I, I think the biggest problem for the Cardinals is just getting the ball down the field. And I, Kyler Murray was your leading rusher. Like I, that, that kind of speaks lengths and it, it, it was only for 78 yards. So if you want to know what went wrong, the team didn't get down the field well enough. And that's they that, that, Plain and simple means that the Panthers figured out how to stop them and they figured out how to contain Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, which we thought would be damn near an unstoppable duo. And it turns out with a, I mean, the Panthers have a really, really good defense, like really good. I'm, but like, not like, not like way good. So they have a middle of the road defense, if anything. I, I, okay. I give them like upper middle, upper middle. You got to give them credit because especially after a performance, after you stop a guy like Kyler Murray, I think you give a little bit more credit and beyond physical ability. I think you have to bring coaching into it as well. And obviously there was some chess stuff going on today and Carolina won, obviously evident in the score. So uh, I, I'm kind of worried now because if Carolina can do it, that means mostly everybody can do it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how teams handle Kyler Murray the rest of the season if they take a similar approach. On the other side of the ball, though, it was interesting to see that Mike Davis is able to just kind of step into this running back role and succeed. Like he actually looked really solid out there. And Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that we thought he was. He's a game manager. He's getting the ball out quick to Robbie Anderson and to uh, DJ Moore. And, you know, no sacks. He threw the one pick, but like he he knows what to do in this offense. He knows what they want to accomplish. He doesn't try to do a lot more, which is fine. And that's what this offense is out to succeed. And obviously it worked today. So Panthers got something going good on offense, at least. Yeah, they got something going for the future. And I, if they've got Bridgewater for a while. They can build around him. McCaffrey's going to get healthy eventually. So they have something to look forward to, definitely. Exactly. Let's talk about probably the most exciting game from today. Cleveland hanging on to just a wild fourth quarter lead. I 49 to 38 over the Cowboys. You know, there's two teams I really like to see lose. And if the Packers win tomorrow, it's a perfect weekend for me because the Cowboys and the bears both lost. <laughs> so, And immediately, as soon as the Cowboys lost, I'm like, Oh, looks like the Browns just took a shit on the Cowboys. And I, I, I just, I, I couldn't not say it. So, um, yeah. OBJ is a monster. Like a beast. he's particularly a monster when he plays Dallas. Yeah. So I, and yeah, maybe that's something, he, maybe he has something to prove against Dallas and Jerry Jones. Maybe he likes playing on a bigger stage because Dallas always tends to draw a larger viewing audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, he looked really good. Baker looked solid. I mean, beyond that, Dak just <laughs> Dak threw a half set or a half century on us, and they, he didn't win a game. I don't understand how that happens. Oh, I wait. No, I do. Mike McCarthy's your head coach and is running your offense. Uh, we, I'm sorry. We witnessed that for like 10 years with Aaron okay. Rodgers. Hold on. Like, Hold on. No, I, I agree with you, but you're making the right point. We witnessed this with Aaron Rodgers forever, but it's when your offense put up 38 points and you still lose by 11 
because the other team, because your defense put up 40 or let up 49. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a very common theme we had as well. That's the issue. And honestly, okay, I don't like the Dallas defense. It's actually terrible. But you can't blame them too hard right now because this Cleveland offense is clicking. If you look past week one where they played Baltimore, they scored uh, 35 against the Bengals. They scored 34 last week against the football team. And, and then they put up 49 here. This, obviously, Baker has figured something out. They've been working. Kevin Stefanski, they were talking about during the game, they're working on his foot movement and getting him outside of the pocket and him setting his feet while he throws outside of the pocket. They're really working on footwork for Baker. And it looks to be paying off because Jarvis is producing, Odell's producing, even Austin Hooper's producing. And even though Nick Chubb went down, I don't know the severity of his injury, but he was out for the second half of this game. Yeah. Kareem Hunt is obviously could be a starter just about anywhere in this league. And he stepped up and and played a major role. Like you said, OBJ had the game of his life. He caught a touchdown from Jarvis, which was an awesome trick play. And then to seal the, and then to seal the game, he had a uh, end around where he like ran backwards 10 yards and then just shot up the sideline and no one could catch him. It was awesome. Um, it was it was one of those games where you're like, holy shit, the Cowboys are coming back. I don't want the Cowboys to come back, but this is really fun to watch. And yeah. then all of a sudden the Browns score and squash their hopes. And it's like, ah, there's yeah. those Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, we're it's always coming, you know. Um, yeah, I, I noticed Baker looked much more disciplined outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been saying it for weeks. Like, dude, you're not Patrick Mahomes. Chill. Like, play your type of ball. And I think his coaching staff realized what he wants to do. And now they're adjusting to what he's trying to overdo. And that's a really good way to coach, especially when you have a guy that has, uh, it's not necessarily hot headed, but Baker is very confident. He he's very confident the way he carries himself and he is very confident in the way he plays football. And you, you don't want to approach a guy like him being like, look, that's not you because that's going to tear him down. If you mm-hmm. take what he's trying to already do and maybe improve on it in some ways, you're going to end up with results like this. So that's really good coaching in Cleveland. It's nice to be saying that finally. <laughs> it is. Um, because they've invested a lot of money into that coaching staff. Exactly. Let's talk about the Vikings getting their first win and the Texans going down to 0 and 4 after the Vikings win uh, 31 to 23 in Houston. What did you see from this one? So, uh, I I was gonna make the prediction last week, and I should have. We we brought it up, but I was gonna say that if the my Vikings- coin flip worked. <laughs> I just remembered that I flipped a coin to predict this game and my coin flip worked. Oh, nice. Um, Thanks. I, uh, I I was going to predict that if the Vikings lose this game, that Colin Kaepernick is on their roster within the next Mm -hmm. two weeks and they didn't lose this game, which really stinks because I don't think Colin Kaepernick is going to be on the roster at all now. And I, I, I thought it was literally going to take the, the Vikings to lose four or five games in a row. And uh, unfortunately, Kirk Cousins wasn't bad enough. Um, so, uh, but who knows with the way things have been going, there's going to be a lot of quarterback jobs opening up. But beyond that, with this game, nothing super special. I mean, Cook had a good receiving game. But beyond that, I mean, nothing wild, in my opinion, at least. Oh, as far as the Texans go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the Texans weren't. God, I mean, you can look at the fact that Watson was, you know, you you look at his stat line and it's 20 for 33, 300 yards and two touchdowns. No interceptions. I mean, it's 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 solid. Yeah. And you and honestly, if you put those stats next to a win, that's a great game. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, and but it, it's all about that W at the end of the day because yeah, uh, like because J- D Johnson just isn't there. Like I, I don't know what. David. Uh, yeah, David Johnson. Like he's just. Oh yeah, I suppose there's two D Johnsons on the team. There's Duke too. Um, I don't know what their running game is. I still don't know why they went and got David Johnson. This team needs a number one wide receiver. I yeah. will say it every week. <laughs> But I will say Will Fuller does look good. And, you know, six for 108 and a touchdown, he looks really good. Um, But, yeah, it's just nothing important. The big thing here was 
I think like both of their offenses are decent. Like they're both, both offenses are good, but both defenses are also bad. It's just which bad defense is better. And I was, I was betting on Minnesota there. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but honestly it's, it's super close. That's why I flipped the coin to begin with. But uh, I mean, Kirk cousins, 16 for 22, 260 and a touchdown. And then you add Delvin cook 27 for 130 and what two. Yeah. Delvin two touchdowns a lot. And like, that's like old Gronk numbers, like for usage. I dig that. That That's good stuff. Um, that'll be really fun when he plays against us and we just completely clobber that. So yeah, which happened that, the first that's time. not the game plan against the Packers. <laughs> I think cook had 50 yards week one against us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm again, I'm not too worried about that game because they're both at the bottom of their divisions at the point. Honestly, I'm almost more worried about having to play the lions than the, the Vikings. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, the Seahawks win won a surprisingly close game against the dolphins 31 to 23. Uh, the Seahawks are undefeated for no, I think they're going to be undefeated uh, for a while. I'm look. we don't play them. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, that's really exciting actually. Um and the Dolphins, I mean the the Dolphins are the Dolphins right now. I think they're just kind of coasting. That's really what it feels like. Here's what I'll tell you. I think Fitzpatrick being a veteran quarterback is really kicking himself only losing this game by 8 points and throwing two interceptions. You got to imagine he's he's sitting in his house right now. Man, okay. Beat the Seahawks. You know, it also like, it also doesn't help that he was the leading rusher with only 47 yards. No, no. But I mean, this also speaks volumes. I mean, I didn't watch this game specific. Like I had red zone on, so I, I'm assuming that the Miami defense did a decent job against Seattle because holding them to 31 points is not awful. I mean, I mean, they're capable of scoring a lot more than that. I think they had a pick too, didn't they? Yeah. Russell. Yeah. yeah Russell. Yeah. Russell wasn't the interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are – they're fighters too. They're a lot like the Lions where they're going to be annoying and they're just – you know, they're going to fight for wins. They're tough, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, about but, those Miami sports teams, man. They're tough. True. That's true. But, yeah, not too much to say about this game. Yeah. Seattle looks great, especially if they can really get that defense going. Like, then they can uh, – because I mean, even today, today it looked a lot better. Even without Jamal Adams, it looked a lot better than it has. But if they can really get it going, it's going to be really scary to try to see if anyone can even beat the Seattle team. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the LA Chargers. Oh, man, uh, and I want Herbert to win this game so bad. Even after this performance... I mean, there's no way you put Tyrod back in. No, but you could trade him. <laughs> trade Tyrod? Who's going to fucking take him? I I don't know, but... They, like, oh, I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor, man. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if he could do that doc... Like, it, I wonder if there's like some sort of like waiver he signs that because there's like the the procedure that he had was like there's a risk of it happening and he was aware of it. I wonder if he could still sue because it's like financial implications, like legitimately. Yes, but he was going to lose his job regardless. <laughs> like eventually he was going to lose his job. I now lose his job this season on this team yes lose future opportunities is a different story i don't know if he's gonna lose future opportunities i mean if you're a gm and you're looking at two quarterbacks of pretty equal level and one of them has had had a punctured lung and the other one hasn't which one are you gonna pick you know Like, I mean, I I guess I I still wouldn't really look at Tyrod Taylor anyway. Yeah, I get. If you're looking at Tyrod Taylor, you're looking. You're probably in a position where you have two decent quarterbacks, which means you're missing a starting quarterback. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Herbert looked amazing today. Like yeah, he absolutely rating for a little bit there. His deep ball looked great. Like genuinely, his deep ball. He threw two really deep and long touchdowns, and they they were 
awesome. They were great throws and they were, they were great plays. The dude went 20 for 25, 293 touchdowns in a pick. That's like bad in numbers. That's literally bad in numbers for 25. And now here's where I go on my little rant. This rookie quarterback who has not won a game yet went 20 for 25 against this defense that I keep hearing is elite, (laughs) elite Super Bowl winning elite defense. Okay. Now here's what I'll tell you. Justin Herbert's a lot better than we thought he was going to be right now. He's still a rookie quarterback in his third game. You know what? I, I think there's something to be said about high level quarterbacks that are coming out of these programs because we, we see it with Joe Burrow and Oregon is not a lousy program either. I mean, he, he came out ready to play NFL football and we're obviously seeing it now. So I, I don't want to take away anything from, from what Herbert's doing here because I, I genuinely think that he is approaching that, that top caliber quarterback already. Like he's showing those, like he's very Aaron Rodgers esque in the way he plays. I, I was noticing that like that his arm, the way he can move around. So dude's got a long future and the way he plays is going to be sustainable in the NFL. So, but the the game today specifically he just he outplayed a good defense because he played really really well. He also outplayed who a lot of people consider the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, I don't consider him the best quarterback of all time because I don't he either. had the best coach of all time. He's the most accomplished. There, yeah, different titles for different things. But yeah. okay, here's the thing: Ron, uh, Ronald Jones got to rush for 111 yards. Without looking at the stats, Hanson, would you like to tell me how many total yards that the Chargers rushed for? Oh, like none. It, it wasn't a lot. It was like, what, 50, 55, something like that? It's probably less than that. 20, let's see here, 26, 35, oh, I guess 42, oh, yeah, yeah, I about guess 48. The leading rusher. Yeah. 48. Great, good, good running defense. They lost Austin Eckler early. I think that would have made a lot of big, that would have made a huge difference if they would have had Eckler late in the game there. I listen. And yeah, I know I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around in my own head. Like I, the defense is not good. The defense slowed down a rookie running back with a rookie quarterback throwing all over them. Like a really good rookie quarterback. Okay. Yes. But it's still a rookie. Listen, I just keep hearing that this defense is one of the best in the league and it's going to carry Tom Brady to the Super Bowl. And it's not what's going to carry Tom Brady to the Super Bowl. If they get there, I, they're not. But if they do, it's going to be the weapons that he chose to be around and the coaching staff that knows how to use this weapons, which is to his credit. He's a smart guy. But he's not a good quarterback anymore, because if you were to look at those two quarterbacks and tell me which one was the better quarterback today. Oh, I think it was definitely. Was, and we were talking about that. I was like, I, I Herbert's the better quarterback today. And Tom Brady's arguably one of the best of all time. It's and weirdly. It's, it's the guy. It's the guy who was two years old when the other guy debuted in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think something about rookies. Oh, that was awful. Um, Something about rookies getting into the NFL now compared to how they were before with the way they're developed is just so different. Like these these guys are these guys are ready. Like they're good. Like Kyler Murray was ready. You know, Joe Burrow came out ready. Burrow did. It depends on the system that they run in college because Burrow ran a very pro system. Yeah. Justin Herbert ran a very pro system. Jordan Love did not. Tua did oh. not. That's why they're not ready yet. Well, Jordan Love, that that that's a different situation. Tua okay, got but he, basically a car crash. So, Well, yes, but he also didn't run up. Like, if he was drafted to one of these other teams, he wouldn't, yeah, be, he wouldn't be playing like this season right now at all. Like, yeah, that, that just takes way too much. Um, so... But yeah, Tom Brady, he is going to have to be carried by the defense if they're going to try to win games. And that isn't happening if if truly because I believe Herbert is as quality as a regular quarterback. So 
if they can't, if they're going to be playing this close with the Chargers, they're going to have to be showing some more stuff when they're playing against other teams that are a bit better. So let's talk about the Ravens versus the football team. I, like you, I was watching on Red Zone today and I did not see much of this game. Oh. <laughs> Shockingly. Oh. I mean, Lamar had a huge run. I think Mark Mark Ingram had a run at one point. Antonio Gibson had himself a day on my bench. I, uh, man, my two running backs on my bench were uh, Antonio Gibson and Kareem Hunt while I had Austin Eckler starting today. So great day for me in fantasy. Love that. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know – I don't want to repeat ourselves too much on these two teams. I mean, the the football team has a very good young base. I don't know if Haskins is their quarterback, but they have a good young base in the rest of the team. He can put up numbers. (laughs) Yeah. And as far as, and as far as Baltimore goes, I think they're one of the better offenses slash defenses in the league. Like they are still, I think they can adjust after that Kansas city game. If they need to meet one more time, I think they still are one of the better teams in the league. I, I think they're the only team that has a legitimate shot at taking down Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Well, it'd be the AFC or championship the AFC game, AFC but yes. To get to the Super Bowl, that's what I'm up. I know what you meant. It, it's 1030. <laughs> it is 1030. <laughs> and, oh, man. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long weekend. But, yeah, that's all I got to say on those two teams. Yeah. Uh, the Giants and the Rams, this was a boring game. So, life left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, honestly, I mean, I, the, yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah, that was about the highlight of the game. Um, because beyond that, not really much. Or, um, I like the way the announcer says Cooper Cup. Uh, that was fun. Um, yeah, that's what I liked from that game. <laughs> Mostly the announcer thing. I'll say uh, I've been saying it all season. It looks like Sean McVay got out of his own head. He still looks yeah. good on the offensive play calling. Jared Goff is executing. I think this Rams team is going to be something like like they could now with the with all the injuries to San Francisco. I think L, I think the Rams can actually sneak into that wild card spot where Seattle and San Francisco might have been fighting for that. I think now the Rams are going to be able to be in that spot. So I think that's going to be interesting as far as the Giants go <laughs> next season. I know how bad they are in a, in, a, in a season where everybody is scoring a bunch of points. They're the only team this week that's scoring single digits. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Oh man, I love it. Oh, and right. second place was the Bears at 11. So. <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, Tony, don't talk too much about that other game. Let's talk about the Colts and the t- Bears barely. I don't Oh, What happened to Nick Foles? <laughs> he was so good last week. He put up like 21 points in the fourth quarter. I knew this was going to happen. Like, come on, let's be real. I didn't. Listen, I really? I was I was a huge I, advocate. Yeah. Listen, I. I don't like the bears. I don't want the bears to succeed ever. But as soon as Nick Foles got traded there and I knew he was going to eventually become the start of this season, I knew, I, okay, I shouldn't, I figured because of what I've seen from Nick Foles in the past that he was going to succeed with this team. They, I have been saying for three seasons now that this team has 21 good starters. Trubisky has always been that 22nd. Uh, and I think Nick Foles with Allen Robinson, with Taylor Gabriel, with uh, um, who uh, Ted Ginn, I think was their other guy. They have Jimmy Graham, who all of a sudden is not a grandpa anymore. He's actually moving. And oh, Okay, he did that for Green Bay, though. He only showed up for like four games. Barely. It was like three-week breaks in between. <laughs> All right. But still, like he he's all of a sudden showing up. This defense is still solid. David Montgomery is all of a sudden becoming a good yeah. running back again. This team is built correctly. <laughs> but for some reason, I don't I think it's Nagy. It, it's it's it has to be Nagy at this point. Don't tell them what the problem is. They'll fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. Maybe I'm trying to keep it a secret. Maybe I shouldn't try to diagnose this, but I mean, I, you've seen the quarterbacks they've gone through, right? You, you really think it's the quarterbacks? No, of course not. It's obviously the coach. I mean, 
<laughs> I, I think it was Trubisky. And then I think Nagy well, started yeah. overthinking because it was Trubisky. And now he's, yeah. And now you wonder how much Nagy has to do in, with the general management side of things and the roster creation. And I do want to mention, though, as much as I love to rag on the Bears, the Colts have a quietly great defense. Like as far as especially because I'm so into fantasy this like in the past few seasons, when you look at fantasy wise, they're allowing the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks, to wide receivers, to tight ends like that. That addition to uh, DeForest Buckner, who we talk about, you know, San Fran missing him all the time. We never talk about him actually in Indy. And he's had a huge impact for this team. He really slowed down this Bears offense which has actually kind of been clicking this year. This was their first loss. This was the first loss for Chicago, which is crazy to say. But Indy, I don't like their offense. Phil Rivers can barely move. <laughs> I tried to. I saw him try to get out of the pocket today, and he tripped himself. Yeah, if he didn't have Jonathan Taylor. Which, if, okay, no, hold up. Yes, wait, they have Jonathan did, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor didn't even do too much today. He had 17 carries. It felt like he never touched the ball. Yeah, 17 carries for 70 yards. Like, he didn't do too much. That's an average of four yards a carry, though. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, that's good. As long as he's over, what, like three, three and a half, kind of, is like what, what the goal is. So, I just want to know why Wilkins and Hines got nine touches each. <laughs> And they didn't just all go to Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I mean, the majority should. You can give Hines oh, and Wilkins. I don't disagree with you at all. I Jonathan Taylor should be out there almost every snap. Especially considering but, Taylor averaged four, and then Hines averaged 2.7, and Wilkins averaged 1.7. Like, it's literally just math. <laughs> I don't get But either way, I don't trust Phil Rivers right now in this offense, only putting up nine oh. points, or 19 points, I should say. But I well okay, but they're also missing. I think they was it Pittman that they that they lost. Uh, they just got Trey Burton back. Moali Cox, holy God, he's a big human. I, I I forget it until I see him every time. He is gigantor, as one of my other podcasts like to call him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what it is about this offense. I think it's just Phil Rivers. Maybe put in Jacoby Brissett and see what he can do. But they're three and one, so they're not going to change much. Yeah, um, and Jacoby Brissett's one of those guys. It's not a. I I don't know how to. It, he's a better like Taysom Hill, but not like 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 quality like where you trust him, not necessarily play type because Taysom Hill, as we know, is a Swiss Army knife. But Jacoby Brissett is like kind of like ready to go. You know, he's plug plug and play. He's younger. He's got better legs. And he's already been with this team too. Yeah. And maybe that's what you need. So because maybe Jonathan Taylor is something you want to use as an offensive weapon. If you have Jacoby Brissett, he moves out of the pocket a bit more. He moves around. That helps open up the line, give some space for Jonathan Taylor and the other running backs. And that that's something that with Philip Rivers, he clogs all that up because he can't move because his, his walker's in the way. So it, yeah, I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from on that. I kind of dig the idea depending on who they're playing at least. Cause that could be a situation where you might pick your quarterback depending on who you're playing. Cause both of them seem to be good enough to work with the team. So where the chemistry wouldn't be an issue. True. Uh, let's talk about my MVP because he's still my MVP. I, I won't even hide from it anymore. Josh Allen is my guy and he still looks great. I mean, and even he got hurt, which was a very scary moment. Thank God he came back and he was able to play. Hopefully it's not a serious injury um, and it doesn't cost him any time, but I mean, 24 for 34, no interceptions, two touchdowns and 288. He looks great. He still had the rushing touchdown, even though he didn't get it done on the ground like he normally does. He still got that. Like he it's still that weapon. And I think that's what it comes down to is that the defense knows that he can do it. Even if he doesn't do it every game, the defense knows that he can pop off for 100 yards (laughs) on the ground if he wanted to. So they have that. They have a spy. They have someone watching him. They have to account for that every time. And I think that helps a lot. I mean, Diggs 115, Brown 42. I mean, these guys, this team is just built different. (laughs) They're built. I I think they're built properly. Exactly. And and unfortunately, right now in the NFL, that is different. (laughs) True. We're, we're seeing a lot of teams like Tampa Bay is a prime example. You see a team of really good players, not a good team. 
and I, I think that's something that teams are starting to lose where the, this is a baseball, that this is a team chemistry style of sport. You have to have the same style of play to work well together, at least complementary styles. So Buffalo got it right. They, they knew Diggs' style of like, he's quick, get down the field, high up in the air, grab the ball. Josh Allen can get the, or can get the ball to him. Perfect setup, right? The perfect works well together. Singletary can really move around the field. Well, that helps it with the way Josh Allen opens up the field behind the line. So like their offense is built perfectly for succeeding and it's showing they're dropping 30 points a game. Like it's nothing. And not to mention John Brown, who is the perfect deep threat and Cole Beasley, who is like the prototype slot receiver. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. They have three really good receivers. And that's been the big thing we've been talking about is not just having one, even two options. If you don't like two options, isn't good enough. If you have an Aaron Rodgers or a prime drew Brees, but or Russell Wilson, or, or in this case, maybe even a Josh Allen with the way he's been playing this season. But I, you know what, man, having three receivers, Buffalo is, is definitely like a Super Bowl scary team. And I think so too. The NFL hates it because they're in Buffalo. Well, so. I think, I think the best thing is that they have a beautifully built defense too. They just haven't performed yet. I yeah. think this defense can get hot and get clicking, especially when it gets cold and you got to go play in Buffalo in December and January. Oh, oh boys. Teams are not going to like that. And I think Buffalo is going to thrive in that condition. So home field is going to be big for them, but I think they're going to be able to clinch that up with the rest of their division looking the way they are. Um, so I'm very excited for that. On the other side of the ball, Derek Carr didn't look bad. He had 40, no. 30, 32 for 44, 311, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Josh Jacobs, obviously I, not great. 15 carries for only 48 yards. Uh, that's not what you want. Josh Jacobs, who we thought was going to be a top five back this year. You want to see a better performance out of him. But like I said, this is a good Buffalo defense. So I'm glad to see them at least shoring up on the de- on the running side of the ball, at least. Um, but yeah, I listen for Derek Carr. It's just unfortunate. He didn't have Henry Ruggs this week. And he also didn't have, I mean, he obviously doesn't have Tyrell Williams, his kind of go-to guy at the, at the end of last year. Yeah. I mean, he's out for the season. So his number one target is now Darren Waller, who is a great tight end. Don't get me wrong, but your tight end shouldn't really be your go-to guy. Yeah. Like even like it's Travis Kelsey, like, well, even then you got Tyree kill who is the number one guy and even Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, like there's, there's, there's still, yeah hands on the outside. Yeah. Um, I, I think Derek, we've learned that Derek Carr is still an extremely serviceable quarterback. Yeah. And is he wasting his time away in Vegas? <laughs> I, don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe if a little, um, but I mean, where else would he play? So it, um, and you know, good for them. They get to play that fun new stadium. So, which that huge torch looks freaking awesome. Oh yeah, dude. Love it. And, oh, SoFi looks beautiful as well. SoFi I, is great. It, that, that field just looks so good too. All right. The final game we're going to talk about the game that just ended the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and the 49ers. To continue <sighs> our theory, you don't need a quarterback for the 49. You just need a guy who can throw the ball. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, you know what? And I was going to agree with you going before we started recording. But as we were recording, I was watching these 49ers and Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, who were just playing. They need Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's what I'm going to say in their defense. How, especially the uh, right towards the end there. Um, at, at least for the, sec- the the quarterback that ended the game, how, how, how much did he get to play? You know, he didn't really get, enough time to like warm up for the game. He wasn't, he didn't get into game rhythm. Okay. Still, let's just look at Nick Mullins who had a week to prepare as the starting quarterback against yeah, a well, Philadelphia defense who has let up 27, 37 and 23. Um, yeah, no, they're, 
Nick Mullen should have played better. There's no excuse. And two interceptions, I think, is almost something you're expecting when you have someone like him. They're one. Like, this offense, though. It, this offense, maybe not. But your backup quarterback, I think you have to anticipate at least one turnover. Like, I don't yeah. think he did that last week, though. <laughs> no, no. Even if he didn't do it last week, I still think you prepare for it, though. He, like... I don't think that's something you prepare for. for not, I shouldn't say prepare. In, anticipate possibly happening. Okay. okay. Like you, you know what? I, like it, it's not Aaron. Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to turn the yeah, ball. No, actually, Mullins. Mullins last week threw three forty-three and one touchdown, no picks. That yeah. So <laughs> you look good. That's good. Um, but yeah, two hundred yards this week. That that's not enough. Um, it, when I see two interceptions, that that's decision making. So that that's something that can be coached. There is a strong coaching staff in San Francisco. I'm not worried about that. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back eventually. So um, damn, these two almost had identical games, and that is not good for the guy who is named Carson Wentz and is supposed to be your no. franchise quarterback. Well, and, yeah, I, I think that that should. That should be the Nick Mullins defense then. If Carson Wentz played basically the exact same game and won, let's talk about the defense then because I, I think that should be the better or the bigger argument, right? Listen, the Eagles suck. <laughs> I Yeah, yeah. I I still don't like them as a football team. The, the, Carson Wentz had to pull some Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson kind of shit out tonight to, to and win. Get like three sevens in a row. Like and also luck. And also Nick Mullins threw the stupidest interception I've ever seen for a pick six. It literally threw it right to the defense. Literally yeah. just said, here you go. It was almost like BJ Raji, but instead of BJ Raji actually playing good coverage and backing up, he just stood in front of the receiver and said, Hey, uh, I can't remember. Yeah. The, was it Clawson? I don't remember who was uh, throw me the ball. And then, Oh God, like it was bad. Decision-making. That's what you get with a guy that doesn't play a lot. Right. No. And you're right. But at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo is not making that throw. And Jimmy Garoppolo, you're winning this game with him. Even with all the other injuries that you have, you take out the two running backs that you're missing. You're taking out all the, what, five or six defensive starters that you're missing. You're winning this game if Jimmy Garoppolo is in there. And so I do think our theory has been disproved ever so. I still, listen, Jimmy's still not good. Yeah, for for the most part, I think we're still accurate. No, yeah. Because even when Jimmy's there, they still lose games. Jimmy so, is in Jimmy is in the bottom tier. If we're looking at the 32 starters in the NFL, Jimmy is in the bottom tier. Yeah, way lower than he thought we thought he initially was. Way lower. Correct. But I mean, it's still a really good offensive system. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like I mean, they're on like a third string running back and a third string quarterback at this point. It, it, you're missing so many receivers like it, it, you have to commend the coaching staff for what they've been able to do with this team. Yeah. Um, and Philly needs to somehow get healthy. I, I don't even know what to say. They're just, they're injury ridden everywhere. (laughs) Carson Wentz is trying to do everything, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know if Carson Wentz is the guy. I don't like, um, I kind of agree with you and like it hurts. And I was like, Oh, here's the, here's the way I look at it. Cause we look at, at, at like Watson and the Texans and Watson, I, Watson's like the guy like Watson is a generational quarterback. Yeah. And he's doing a lot, but he doesn't have the right weapons to do it. You look at Carson Wentz, even when you give him the right weapons, it's not consistent. It's not exactly what you're hoping for every time. And he's also hurt a lot. Like I, I, I don't understand how Philly shows him over Nick Foles still. I still don't understand that. I really have never wrapped my head around going with- like even then too. It's not like this is a retrospect thing. Like we even then we're like, what? Nick Foles won them a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then they said, no, we're gonna go with the guy that's been hurt twice in his young career. I still don't un- I I really don't understand that. I still like, okay. You you could probably make the argument that Carson Wentz might have a better fruitful career, but if you're talking about a quarterback for that system specifically, Nick Foles was perfect, perfect. Like yeah, I, that that must have been like an ownership, like a non a non coaching, like non 
personnel involved move. To me, now that I think about it just a little bit more, it feels to me like what the Trubisky situation was in, in Chicago. They drafted that guy. They spent a high draft pick on him. It felt like they kind of had to stick with him over almost like a in denial type of thing. Like, no, we're going to make this thing work. It needs to work type of thing. But we That's what that, it felt. We know that doesn't work. And I feel like we're not have, saying luckily, it does. <laughs> luckily, we don't have this issue in Green Bay because we, for the most part, Minus however you feel about how the first round went this last draft. We have a very, very good front office that doesn't make mistakes. We we don't have to call out our front office almost ever besides this year, not taking wide receivers. Correct. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, even that obviously I, you know, what, people maybe, came around to it. Yeah. So I, maybe they're on to something. Um, so it, it's going to be, yeah, definitely. It's going to be a front office decision to, to, to decide to stick with a guy that you drafted just because you have to, you, you feel like you have to stick with him just because that's your guy. Like, fan, the fan of your franchise, but well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Packers fans, we don't have to deal with that normally. But as a fan of a franchise that might have that happen, like it happened with the Bucks, like just be transparent. Like, yo, we messed up. We're going to try to fix the situation. Like Jabari Parker is a really good example for the Bucks. They took him in the first round. He's like the second coming. It didn't happen. So they traded him away. They got some better stuff for him. And I I think now maybe the, even with this win, this win doesn't mean anything for the Eagles because it, it was it was an ill win. Um, so I, I, I think you're looking more about – all right, what are we going to do? What are What's the dollar sign over that person's head and how much are they worth? And, and you're not trading next week. I don't even know if you're trading this season, but you're definitely looking at values on people's heads. Maybe you are trading this season. It depends on who's available. I have a prediction. Zach Ertz's contract is coming up. And I know that they seem to be leaning more towards keeping Dallas Goddard as their number one tight end. He would probably be a lot less money than Zach Ertz would be. I think they deal Zach Ertz. And if I had to make a bold, wild prediction, I say Zach Ertz is going to Green Bay. All right, but who does Green Bay give up? Jordan Love. No. <laughs> um, uh, a couple of <laughs> like, That's our future, man. <laughs> no, I mean, we can give up. We, we got – we got practice squad guys. We could give up. We could Jamal Williams. Oh yeah. Jamal Williams wouldn't be awful. Jamal Williams. I, and I like we, him though. We got, but we got defensive pieces. We got AJ Dillon back there. I think, I think we have pieces and obviously draft picks. We can make, we can make moves with draft picks. We've yeah, always I, been I, able I, to I make feel, moves. Yeah. I feel like the draft, I, I, you know what? There's probably some guys on the roster that we're not even thinking about that, that all the smart guys in the front office are just. It's just. This just popped into my head, and the, I I think Zach Ertz will be traded this year. And oh yeah, that it makes perfect sense. It's just a yeah. matter of where. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I was hoping Saquon was going to end up in a Packers jersey this year. No, that's not happening. Well, now it's definitely not happening. Let's quickly before we go. I know we touched on him last time, but let's touch on him real quick. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots. Who are you taking in that game, and why? Uh, Chiefs. Because the Patriots don't have their starting quarterback and Chiefs. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, the line has now changed with Cam Newton being out to 11 and a half for the for the Chiefs. So, oh, um, boy. yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun game. Hopefully, you know Clyde Edwards take like three shots and just put all down on the Patriots. Like, just put all your money on the pads. Just, just watch. Not a terrible idea. Uh, I, I didn't call it, but I'm calling it. Uh, and the Packers are favored. It's uh, minus seven at home against the Falcons. I'm definitely taking the Packers just because that that, that Falcons defense is just, just not great. Well, and I just I feel so bad for the Falcons because you know what's probably going to happen. This is probably going to be a close game, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to pull some like Aaron Rodgers God magic on them and beat them like right at the end of the game, just completely destroy Atlanta for another week. God, I feel so bad for those fans, man. Here's the thing, though. What does worry me slightly is that Tay may not Tay may not be 100%. Alan Lazard is now out for three weeks. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be the next guy, but Aaron Jones also is stepping up. We know um, the two uh, tight ends, Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tonian and Jay Sternberger, who actually stepped up too. like guys are going to step up. I just don't know. I, I am a little, little iffy on the offense, but I'm not too worried about it because Rogers has been playing out of his freaking mind. this say, year. Who's your quarterback? You know, like they, you get guys that are once in a generational and then you get Aaron Rodgers, you know, like the stuff he does is just so like he doesn't even need wide receivers. Like literally throw him practice squad in division three guys. Look what happens that you're looking at the Packers team this year. So that game's still going to be on CBS. Yeah, this is interesting yeah, times. Yeah, people. they're keeping that out for, for Monday night still because of which, the TV deal. Which yeah, they, they still have rights to the game. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, everyone's going to have to keep keep updated on this. And obviously, hopefully the NFL uh, stay safe for the rest of it and we don't have any more tests or uh, any more positive tests i mean and hopefully the season continues um but as far as you guys all go to please take care of yourselves and please stay safe wear a mask social distance stay six feet apart all that fun stuff don't go out to bars it's talking stupid don't go to the fucking bar plus it's cheaper to buy your own booze it really is i've had like six drinks today and it didn't cost me anything because i already had the alcohol at home <laughs> And you know what? Then you don't have to drive home. You're just saving You're yourself in so many different one stone. Exactly. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast phone from. Uh, review the podcast five stars on iTunes or wherever else you can review. I think there's a couple other apps like Good Pods or whatever you can review on stuff too. Um, Follow us on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. Follow me at Howard J. Dingers. Follow Hanson at Hanson McLevain. I think that's it. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday to preview week five of the NFL with no Packers. Oh my goodness. It's so long without a Packer game. I don't like it. Yeah, me either. I don't like it either. It's weird. <laughs> but it should be, it should be interesting, but yeah, we'll preview that and we'll probably talk a little more basketball because I think that'll be coming up to a close. Hopefully it'll be, hopefully the series will still be going by Thursday. I mean, there's a chance, I guess it could be ending Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday would probably be the last I'm assuming Thursday will be the last game. So, well, maybe we'll be talking about that too. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. We're going to be talking about the draft. Oh. oh, God, that's right. The off season. Holy crap. We might have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you all for listening. We will see you on Thursday. Got me drowning in indecisions. Genie, I'm full of wishes. Still can't help with the disposition. I'm just a young college kid with all the privilege. Trust me on beliefs. So can trust going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J. Dilla Dilla. Need another dollar dollar in Manila. So vanilla with a swirl. Let the blade run. Tongue drips, slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one. Accusations. Pockets gained a little weight, like my ex bitch. Still the only bricks that I've been stacking, been in Tetris. Never measure up, cause we've been on a different metric. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top. If Fly solo for the hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, a Vans and a Ralph.